Hola, me llamo Steve. Esteban. Hola, me llamo Lisa. Guess what we're going to be talking about tonight, Lisa? The origins of the Spanish language. No, actually it has nothing to do with Spain or the language of Spanish. You know, I'm just feeling wacky, you know? <laughs> you back-to-back pods, you have made ridiculous noises right before hitting record of our actual podcast. Yeah. Right well, before we went to start recording this, Steve <laughs> tried to do it. Instead of saying hola, he said... <laughs> <laughs> I think I said Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> you were so excited. <laughs> oh yeah. And then you were like, nope, damn it. <laughs> I don't delete, I had no idea what was happening. <laughs> I don't delete a lot of intros, but yelling Oh yeah into the microphone is something that I need to get rid of. Oh man, yeah, you were doing that classic Steve Brain thing where you hopped from Ola to Yamo. Yeah. <laughs> Dyslexia is when your brain moves faster than your motor skills can keep up with. I don't think that's the official definition, but it it's is, certainly dude, how it manifests what, in you. It's why you uh, you write with skipping words and getting words mixed <laughs> up, and you talk while skipping words, and you know it's what happens. <laughs> what do you want me to do? You know, uh, I want you to record it so everyone else can share in in the beauty that is your brain. Okay. Do you think my my ice cubes? Janging against the glass or being coming through on the recording? Yes, every time you drink something loudly, it comes through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, listeners. That's just the sound of my um, blackberry white wine spritzer. You had that in. Yeah. Yeah, that is your drink of the week. Well, I, to be, I do want to clear the air here because you did put me on blast on Instagram already for drinking white wine spritzers with blackberries. Yeah. But uh, to I did. clear the Good air job. here, I have half a bottle of white wine from cooking in the fridge, an open bottle of tonic water, and some blackberries that were going bad. So I put everything together and made it like a save the earth, don't be wasteful drink. There's always a reason to drink. Yeah, because you got to drink. And if you're going to drink, you might as well mix together three things that are going bad and drink it. Sure. I, uh, I... I don't know what the word I want to use is. I was going to say I appreciate that, but I don't. Th- I think that's a stretch. Yeah. I well. acknowledge that. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Lisa, do you want to talk history? Yes, I do. All right. We're not talking. This story is like a, a, a bizarre story from history. It's one of the stories that is like almost no impact on world development or anything like that. It's just a fun, bizarre story. And I like mixing these in every now and then. I did notice that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't seem happy with this. You don't, do you not like these styles? No, this is my face when I'm like, what are you about to say next? Okay, well, uh, what I'm going to say next is I'm going to tell you a story of a woman named Caribou. Mm-hmm. Not like the like large elk, but... Um, like the woman. C-A-R-A-B-O-O. Huh. Caribou. Yeah. yeah. What's up, boo? <laughs> What's up? What's up, caribou? <laughs> but yeah, so we're going to talk about caribou. You want to hear about caribou? I mean, I haven't really gotten much from her, except that she's not a moose. She's not a moose. Mm. She's a human. Okay. A human female. All right, so I can't really commit to if I want to, but I will listen. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you do. You don't have a choice at this point. Yeah, the the train is rolling. It's left the station. All right, well, 
I guess we're on it then. All right. So caribou. I mean, is there a spritzer for me on this train? It, I mean, if you asked me for a spritz, I would have made you a spritz when I was down there. All right. Maybe later. Oh, no, but now you used up all the white wine. Of course. Don't worry. We can go get more white wine and make more spritzers. I have a feeling you already have some more white wine in the house. Oh, yeah. We did just buy a case of wine. We did. Okay. Mm -hmm. We had to make use of those wine holders in the kitchen. That's right. Decorative wine that you can also drink. It's a win-win. It's like having your cake and eating it, too. No, it's just like having your cake on display and then eating it. Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, so Caribou wandered into a little town. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> Caribou wandered into a little town called Bristol, England. I was not thinking that was where this was going to take place. Yeah, that's interesting. I was, Canada was floating in my mind. Probably because of because the of the moose. I, that's why. That's specifically why I made the distinction. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're in England. Yeah, so we are in England. We're in Do Bristol. Do they have any moose there? No, there's no big animals in Europe. All, all the big animals are None? in Africa or in the Americas or Asia. Yeah, like everywhere, but yeah, pretty much anywhere but Europe. Huh? They don't nothing have... big. Hmm? Well, like cows, their biggest. Well, cows aren't native to Europe at all. They were brought but there. They're there. They're there now, but they had to be brought there from the Fertile Crescent in the Middle East. Mm. So, but like, is that the biggest animal they have living there right now? Probably, yeah. You should have done your research well, on this. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they have zoos with elephants no, if I'm you're counting, counting that zoos. as well. I'm talking about animals that are, you know, living and doing other things besides being on display. Did I talk about how one of the, they thought the Loch Ness Monster might have been an elephant swimming in the loch? Have I talked about this on this podcast before? No. You haven't even talked about it to me. Oh, really? You never told me this? Yeah, so here's the deal is that there was a traveling circus around like all of the island of Britain. Mm -hmm. And one of the places he would stop to send his animals out to like sort of bathe and drink water and stuff was in Loch Ness. <laughs> and they thought that one of the theories is that the elephant would swim, because it was really long, like a river almost. Mm. It would swing, swim to the other side of the lock, and people would just see his tusk. Trunk, you mean? Trunk, yeah. Not, sorry. <laughs> yeah, his trunk coming out of the water to breathe. Because elephants love swimming. They love the water. We didn't know that. We found that out in Laos, actually. Yeah, we did. Mm -hmm. um, you so people would see it, though, and they're right like, no, I'm finishing a story. Sorry, but like you look ridiculous. Why? Because you, so, you need to trim your mustache for the eighty thousandth time. It is so long; it's like coming to this like little like fang thing, and it looks like the way it falls on your mouth. It looks like you just have a crack in your tooth. That's what it looks like when you're talking. Okay, to me. all right. Well, I'll trim the mustache from as soon as we're done here. <laughs> just can you just like how many times it? do I have to tell you that describing my look is not good radio? You don't know that. You're not on the other end of it. Ugh, all right. <laughs> it's worse now. Ugh. So, <laughs> okay, fine. So, people thought that the trunk was like some weird monster that they couldn't identify, but a lot of people think it was just an elephant going for a swim from the local circus. Oh, that, that takes out the, the joy of the story, really. Mm -hmm. The joy of the legend. Mm -hmm. Now, let's talk about caribou. Um... <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> Caribou. <laughs> Sorry, you're making me. Am I gonna have to pause it? No, uh, right. I'm fine. You're just making weird faces and reacting strangely to me sometimes. Okay. <laughs> so funny when I say something you're clearly not listening and just trying to get me to keep going on with the story, and you're like, mm -hmm, "Sure." Yeah. What are you picking up now? 
right, so Caribou wanders into Bristol. All right, fine. People don't know her name is Caribou. She's actually a beggar, and she's speaking this really odd language. No one can understand her. Okay. Okay? And she's wearing, like, a dress, and she has what, like, looks like sort of an off turban on her head. An off turban? Yeah, like, it's not like a turban, like, they're used to seeing, like, a Sikh when they're, like, in in India, or, like, a turban that, like, a Muslim. it's, like, kind of like a turban, but different than what they've seen. Yes. An off turban. An off turban, as I said. Like, (laughs) you know, it's not white, it's off-white. Okay. You know? It's an eggshell. Okay. Um, yeah, and she's got these weird markings on her forehead and stuff like that. Mm. And most people are just like, who is this lady? She's getting put into, like, basically prison. Like, she's a vagrant, and they basically, back in the day, this is like early, early 1800s, like Napoleon, the Napoleonic Wars were going on, so it's like really early in the 1800s. Okay. So, like, they thought she was some, like, random, like, war refugee who had somehow made her way up to Bristol and was just some beggar. So they put her in basically, like, vagrancy prison, which is, like, there's a thin line between, like, being a beggar, being a criminal, and being, like, a crazy person. You're just sort of, like, held with a bunch of undesirables, Mm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But there was this one woman in town who, like, was very intrigued by her. And she was super wealthy. Her name was Elizabeth Worrell. Okay. Mm. And she noticed, like, the way she carried herself, like, seemed like she had been taught. Like, she had, had, she had class. She wasn't like the rest of the beggars who were just, like, you know, these poor, sorry, people. Like, she, would, like, carried herself well and, like, could clearly speak well and, uh, you know, had grace. So she got like really intrigued by her. Mm. And whenever any world travelers came into Bristol, Mm -hmm. she would come in there and she would take them to her to see if they can understand her language. Oh, so Elizabeth was trying to figure out who she was and every time she'd find someone. Yeah. She's like, oh, you just got back from Tunisia. Like come see, speak to this woman. Yes. But but in the meantime, she's just in that prison place yeah until elizabeth Worrell gets her out mm. takes her to their mansion to live in their mansion and this is still not knowing where she's from or anything like no that. nothing about her the only thing they know and the reason i was calling her caribou is she'd point to herself and go caribou like point to her chest caribou caribou so mm. everyone just called it caribou mm. um and how did elizabeth find out about her she was just visiting in prison like one day for a straight small town shit word got out mm. there's some crazy jibber jabbering mm. poor lady you know okay so everyone sort of about town knew her. Um, but she goes to the Worrell Mansion, okay? And there, mm. she gets really excited about a painting of a pineapple. Mm. And she starts pointing at the pineapple. She's going, Nanas, Nanas, <laughs> pointing at this pineapple. So based on what you know about pineapples, what is this? What's the hint about her pointing out this pineapple, where she might be from? Mm. Hawaii is the only place I associate with pineapples, or anywhere tropical, I guess. Yeah, that's the key, right? Is that they they're grown in tropical places. Yeah. We as Americans associate them with Hawaii, but like if you're if if you're familiar with pineapples, there's only two places that you are from. You're either from tropical area, or you are like a super wealthy like European person who can afford to buy the pineapple. Mm-hmm. We talked about pineapples on this podcast yet back when after the age of imperialism. I don't think so. So pineapples were like an ultimate mark of being wealthy 
because they cost so much money to go into the tropics and they were so big and heavy that you brought them back. So by the time you were bought in, like the, the peak price of a pineapple in England was 10,000 pounds. Wow. So only super rich people were buying them and then they weren't even eating them. They would just present them. They would just be on display in a home. Oh, I think we might have. Yeah, I think we did talk about this. Um, and then a lot of times they would just rot. Right. And no one even ate them. They, they became status symbols, which then they turned into like an art form, paintings, statues of them to display in your house. And then it slowly started to mean like a welcoming sign, like welcome to my home. Like, you know. I'm rich. I'm rich. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So okay. of course there's the pineapple in the home. She gets all excited. So they're like starting to the wheels of turns and maybe she's from some weird tropical place that we're unfamiliar with. And then they take her to her room, her bedroom, where she's going to be staying at this rich person's mansion. Mm -hmm. Okay? And they show her her room, and she, like, looks around all confused. And despite there being a bed, she, like, lays down on the floor and goes to sleep. Hmm. So, like, wherever she's from, apparently they don't have mattresses and bed frames and whatnot. Okay. Either that or she abstained back then. Yeah, sure. Maybe it was a polite thing to do in her culture mm -hmm. to not sleep in the bed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, you know, they don't like have to worry about like, floor fetish. Yeah, or her she had back problems and uh, wanted to sleep on her back on the floor. Yeah, this is the problem with trying to put, pick up clues from someone you can't speak with. Yeah. Could be a lot of things. Could be a lot going on. Okay, but anyways, so. Yeah, so eventual Samuel Worrell, he's the, the patriarch of this situation of the household. He, he He's not buying it. She's like, hey, there's nothing. This woman is just a vagrant. I want her out of my house. It's really weird that you're bringing her home. She's a stray. Get her out of here. So eventually he's going to kick her out of the house, have her go to like literally vagrancy court, which was the thing, and have her convicted guilty of vagrancy and put in jail. Mm. Okay? Yeah. It is. One thing they don't stop doing, Lisa, is bringing world travelers to her to see if anyone could recognize her voice. I'm assuming this is led by Elizabeth, though. Absolutely. Okay. Man. Sailor. Portuguese. Oh. Manuel Ineso. Mm. He is going to come to the town. They're going to bring Manuel to talk to her through the prison. Mm. Okay? Yeah. He is going to recognize her language and can communicate with her. What? 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 So I'm guessing that she's not Portuguese, but that she's from a Portuguese colony? Yeah. So here's the story. Okay. All right. Turns out her name is not Caribou. She's Princess Caribou. <gasps> she was the princess of a little, some island nation that she referred to as Java Su, which was over in Indonesia, ah, where yeah, the Portuguese did a lot of trading. Oh. Right? So here she is, this princess. She worshipped a god named Allah Tala, is what she would always call it. Okay. Which is you know, in Indonesia, they, they're Islamic. Yeah. I didn't realize they were back then. Well, it was the traders that turned them Islamic. Like, uh, it was, like, um, Ottoman traders and stuff like that, right. like, North African traders that, like, turned the whole area Islamic. Okay. Um, and then she told them all about her lifestyle, how she lived this lavish lifestyle. She'd be swimming naked in the public water. She'd be bathing, like, twice a week or something because it's, like, crazy lavish back then, you know. And she ate all these delicious fruits all the time. She ate fruit? Fruits. Crazy. Delicious tropic fruit. 
And we're back after some technical difficulties. But yeah, so she would live the life of leisure. Bathing all the time, swimming all the time in the nude, <laughs> eating exotic you're really fruits. The, you're really painting that picture for us. Yeah. So Elizabeth Worrell gets furious with her husband. Like, how dare you? Like, we treated royalty this way and brought her, got her out of jail, brought her back to the Worrell Mansion where she lived for like a long time, like 10 weeks. Just hanging out. And Mrs. Worrell, Elizabeth Worrell, she she made it as much to the best of her ability, made it so she was living the same life she was living back in Java Soup. Did you let her eat the pineapple? No, it was a painting of a pineapple. No, but I mean she's a rich person, so Oh, I didn't know if she had any pineapples around, but she you know, she probably did the best she could with in terms of the exotic fruits that she could get mm-hmm. her holes on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Her hands on. Whatever. Hold on. Whatever you want to do. Yeah, yeah, whatever you want to call it, say. Words. 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 Yeah. Words. Yeah. Well, after about 10 weeks of this going on, she becomes quite the little celebrity, Lisa. People start traveling to Bristol because they want to meet this mysterious princess. Mm. Okay. By the way, Lisa, are you not going to ask how she even got to Bristol, England? Well, I thought that was coming, and I didn't know if you were going to be like, oh, Lisa, you're Throwing me off track. No, what actually happened is I meant to say it and totally forgot, (laughs) but it's actually a very key part of the story. Yeah, I agree. So what happened is that she was kidnapped by pirates one day knowing that she was a princess. The pirates head too far west, find themselves all the way up in the English freaking channel, which is obviously pretty thin. So she sees land and she decides to go for it. She jumps overboard swims to the freaking island of uh, England. Or, I well, guess, it's a good Britain. thing she's been swimming so much for funsies. Yeah, exactly, dude. She, I mean, she's, uh, you know, an island folk. Mm-hmm. So she swims up, and then she gets her way into Bristol, and then the rest of it, we know the story from there, yeah? Mm-hmm. All right, so 10 weeks of living large in the Worrell Mansion. All these people are coming to visit her. They start printing stories about her in the local newspapers. She becomes sort of a... A local celebrity, right? Yeah, yeah. Until one day, somebody in a nearby town recognizes her. She's not Princess Caribou whatsoever. She's just some English woman who used to work in the woman's boarding home in the next town over. What? Yes. Did she, how did she finagle that Portuguese guy to do her bidding? Hold on to that. Okay. Put that in your back pocket. All right. Okay. Here's what actually happened. Okay. She was from a town called Devon, right? Yeah. yeah. Shout out my friend Devon from high school because I know she still listens. Oh, that's yeah. sweet. Um, so her name's Devon. Her nope. She's from a town of Devon. Okay. Mm-hmm. She was the daughter of cobblers. Mom and dad were like made shoes for a living and she had some sort of falling out with her parents. So she spent time on the streets as a beggar. And something that she learned is that people would pay more attention to her. I don't know how she figured that out if they thought she was foreign. Well, she probably just saw other foreign beggars and saw them doing better. Yeah, true. So people would, like, engage with her more if she was speaking some weird language and she made more money. Eventually, this woman, the woman who ended up ratting her out, is going to take her into her boarding home. And she's going to live in this boarding home and help around the boarding home. So it's like a pseudo job. Like you're living in this home. You're helping keep it up. It's like when yoga teachers, like, you know, 
or like yoga doers, I guess, can yoga like yoga doers. Yeah, people that do yoga. Oh, okay. Like I know people that used to clean yoga studios for free yoga. Uh, yeah. I mean, you volunteer your time in exchange for something. Yeah, it's like yeah. kind of what she Room was doing. Board. Yeah. Yeah. So she was helping out around at the boarding house while living there. And there was always like a lot of little kids around. Okay. And she took that sort of character she invented, the foreign character she invented, to make more money while she was a beggar. Uh-huh. And she sort of like assumed that little like character and started using it to entertain children around. So she had actually developed a full character already on the streets. No, 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 no. That was just her like pretending and jabbering and stuff. She really starts to develop this character when at this boarding house and and entertaining children. Got it. Got it. And, like, she does it, like, somewhat, like, authentically almost where she's, like, using words that she's picked up from, like, gypsies and words that she's seen in, like, images and stuff like that to sort of make it not total gibberish. Right. It's gibberish. It doesn't mean anything, but there's like right. it's based in something. Right. It's it, when the brain is asked to fully make up a language, it sounds like gobbledygook. But yes. when you have a little bit more inspiration, it can sound better. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Gotcha. And so she just has this character basically that she creates. And when she was done with the boarding house, she sort of wandered over to Bristol and saw where it took her. And then it it did great things for her for a while, you know? Like, she lived a luxurious life for, like, ten weeks at the Worrell house. And, like, you know, she had a good solid month run before that, too. And It's quite the gamble, though, because you're, like, basically ending up imprisoned for a bit, hoping that you're going to get out based on the thing that kind of got you in there to begin with because you sound kind of like a crazy person. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's fair. Because, like, if the minute they're locking me up with that, I'm like, wait, wait, wait just, just, just hold on a second. I'm actually totally normal. But here's you know the thing, I mean? though. She's getting locked up for vagrancy. Being a vagrant just means you're, like, a homeless person asking for money. Yeah, oh, okay, but, like, don't you get a little bit more attention drawn to you when you're, like, doing... I mean, the way you set it up, it sounded like she was locked away because she was, like, this, like, you know, spectacle. No, no, I, I meant... Like, she was just a vagrant. Yeah, if yeah. you're a vagrant and you're in jail, you're with criminals and you're with insane people, that's because how they treated people like shit back then. Got it. So okay. there's no so real separation like, and distinction. My best way of getting out of this is to act exotic, not yeah. to be myself. And like maybe I can trick some people into thinking I'm royalty and they'll treat me like royalty. Got and it. it worked to a certain extent. I mean, she had a little bit of a run, right? Now she's a minor celebrity. She got fruits. Yeah, she got some fruits. Yeah. She got to swim, swim in the buck. Yep. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and here's the best part. The story's not even over. Well, it can't like, because you still haven't explained how she got that guy to corroborate for her. Still not done that part yet. Okay, fine. So she is going to come clean to Elizabeth. Like, she's like right, Elizabeth is the main person she needs to come clean to. Like, look, this is true. I'm sorry. Uh, my name's Mary Baker. I was born in Devon. Um, so she's, she's the one who outs herself. Well, after no, the lady called her out. Oh, the lady called her out, and yeah, then the she, boarding house lady. And then she told out. the full story to those. Yeah, and just like totally confessed and like told her everything that happened, except for the part about the Portuguese sailor. No one ever knows what came with that dude. No, she never talked about her relationship with the guy or who it was. Most people just think that he was just some other like con artist that she met and paid him like some, you know, paid him in fruits or something. Um, to help her move this con along. But she never really said who he was. And that would be my first question if I was Elizabeth. 
Right. It's the most bizarre part but of again, the story. But again, Elizabeth's really. the one who let a stranger in her house. So, yeah. I mean, we can't. she can't be trusted for the most but wise decisions. How do you also even arrange for some con artists who... To, to show up when you're in a vagrancy prison. I mean, anyway. my biggest guess is that if she had all those visitors, she like tried, like she kind of felt them out. And maybe this guy, she was like, hey, look, here's the deal. Like, blah, 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 blah. There's this rich person. I'll like steal a, you know, a golden pineapple for you in exchange for you telling this ridiculous story about me being a princess. Yeah, that's you probably know. something like that. Right. I mean, yeah. how else? Either that or like telepathy. But. Yeah. I mean, That's less likely. It is less likely, unless everyone that is telepathic is yeah. really good at keeping it under wraps. All right, yeah. Yeah, it's just like that secret power out there. Is, is this week, instead of talking about the space-time continuum, we'll do tele- <laughs> telepathy. telepathy? Yeah. We've moved on to a new phenomenon. <laughs> yeah. um, so anyway, Elizabeth still has like the soft spot in her heart, even after being lied to, for this mm. woman. Mm. So she pays... Passage for her to go to Philadelphia in the, in the United States of America. The young United States of America. She's only about 30, 40 years old at the time. Well, it's a great place for this woman to go. She's right. She's got an entrepreneurial spirit. She's scrappy. <laughs> she did. So that's what she did. She took this character, Princess Caribou, that she had created, and she started a play in Philadelphia. And because it was England and, and the U.S. was so tightly Tight back then. Tightly like, tight. She, tightly tight. She was like sort of a famous, like she was famous on the way over. Like everyone on the boat knew who she was. They get off in Philadelphia. Everybody in Philly knows who she is. And they know the full story now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Because her story of her con also got out. Yeah. <laughs> so by now, between being Princess Caribou and then and Mary Baker, and now she's in the United States and she's making a play based on the fictional life of Princess Caribou being played by the very famous woman who tricked all of Bristol, England into thinking she was royalty. (laughs) So she does these plays in Philly. They're moderately successful. She makes a little bit of money, Mm. enough money that she's going to book passage back to England and try to redo the play in England where she thought she'd be a little more famous and people would be more intrigued by her and stuff like that. Um, but again, it was only moderately successful play, but then she took that money and she started a small business selling leeches to hospitals. <laughs> and that's how she's going to die. She's going to live out the rest of her life as a leech salesman <laughs> that she was able to fund by essentially inventing this story and a character. Wow, that's a life right there. It's an interesting like if so if you think about it, she could have just ended up being a beggar on the streets who died in the streets. But she gotta travel the world, she got to become a, a pseudo celebrity, mm-hmm. um, all sorts of stuff. Yeah. You know? And the lesson is be a liar. Yeah. Don't tell the truth. Life lesson, folks. Never tell the truth. <laughs> Except when you get out by your former yeah. boarding lady. Um, By the way, I also mentioned she had marks on her head, uh, and which was part of the draw. People were like, what, what, what is these ritualistic marks on her head? It's so exotic. It turns out it was just like botched medical work from a hospital in England. Wow. So <laughs> that's it. Wow. What a, what a life trajectory. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's like a little bit of symbolism, too, with her becoming a leech salesman, you know. 
Yeah, right. Um, that is. It seems yeah, kind of appropriate. Yeah. yeah. Huh. All right. That is my story. It's a sh- super short, easy one. Again, I know you're not. You no know, English, or sorry, no history classes are going to be bumping this podcast in uh, their classroom. Not this one. Yeah. But the don't other wait. The next. Probably. The next will be perfect for your. Yeah. And we'll take yeah. a small licensing fee. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, I I like this. I think. Um, I don't know. It just it it makes me giggle because I feel like, you know, same with all the news today. And then like I feel like there's like just like a random story like this that's like not super harmful to anyone, and it's just kind of goofy. And then people kind of run with it because it's just nice to have some kind of weird bit of news that doesn't really matter. And I can just imagine like this in the headlines too. And like there's all this shit going down with Napoleonic Wars, and we're over the plague at this point, right? But just make all sure. right, Lisa. <laughs> Other stuff, and then it's just like, listen to this Princess Caribou chick, you know? Yeah. Like, it's just a cool little exactly. side piece. Exactly, it was piece. like a, a side piece. <laughs> well, you sure. know. No, yeah, you know, it was like, a, what do they call them, fluff pieces, basically? Fluff pieces. It was like an old school fluff piece about yeah. this chick. I like it. Yeah. Go All right. Go. Well, that was it. That's now it. we're done. Thank now you. Now let's go enjoy our weekend, and you all enjoy your Memorial Day weekend, or I hope... You had a good Memorial Day weekend if you were listening after. If you could wait that long yes. to put on the spot. Uh, you know, I don't think most people do. I think everyone just like, oh, my God, stop mm-hmm. what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I married a history teacher's up. Yeah. Well, luckily, there's no one's doing anything right now. So it's even more. True. Well, some people are still working, I guess. Yeah. We have talked about, though, that our listens are actually down during COVID. Yeah, lack of commuting, I think. Yeah, the lack can't of... Be the, it can't be the quality of content. No, no. <laughs> the quality of content is only getting better and better by the day. Um, I, I'm blaming it on the lack of, of commuting. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's still a decent amount, but yeah. But once lower. people get going again, like, they're going to have so Explosion. many pods to listen to. Yeah, you guys, content on content on, on content. content. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Oh, my God, yeah. soulmate. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm getting out of here unless you have anything you want to talk about, Lisa. I thought you were going to ask me about pop culture. But every time I ask you about pop culture, you don't feel comfortable answering it. That's, I'm not comfortable. I don't have anything to say. I also don't have anything to say now, but I was okay, just well, wondering if you were going to put it me up. on the I'm spot. I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah. Well, this is the content people really want. I also have no idea what song to play after this. Do you have any song suggestions? Ooh, um, Do you know any songs about being con artist or something? I have to figure out a con artist. Oh, I was going more with like a, like a Goofy Island princess song. No, sorry. I'm going with Tweeter and the Monkey Man. Sorry. Okay, I don't know what that is. You don't know about Tweeter and the Monkey Man? Well, maybe sing it for me. Tweeter and the Monkey Man were hauled up for cash. They sold up all night selling cocaine and hash. To an undercover cop who had a sister named Jan. For reasons unexplained, she loved the Monkey Man. Oh. It's the Traveling Wheelberries. Traveling Wheelberries? No, the Traveling Wheelberries. You don't know about the Traveling Wheelberries? No, I like that name, though. Bro, they're the, like the best super band of all time. Hmm. You know super bands are? Yeah, you've explained that to me before. Yeah, so super band, I'm going to re-explain it to you because this is what men do so women's <laughs> feeble brains can understand. <laughs> it's when you take like really good members of a bunch of other bands and you temporarily put them together forming a super band. Yeah, it's just like- Bob Dylan, <laughs> Tom Petty, George Harrison... From a little band called The Beatles. <laughs> and I can't remember the fourth guy. Damn it! Come on, Steve. But anyway, 
Traveling Wilburys, Tweeter and the Monkey Man. It's going to play us out. Do you want me to find another man to try to explain the last part to you? Oh. You might know. Oh, you're before. saying you need a man to explain? No, I'm saying you might need a man. Me. I just can't remember at the moment. Do you know how much history knowledge I have stuck in my head? I can't just be knowing all the members of all the super bands that have come out. I don't know. Maybe a more superior mansplainer would. Hmm. If you don't surrender now, it's going to go down to the wire. It's just more lyrics. All right. Um, my name is Steve. I was a history teacher. <laughs> my name is Lisa, and I did indeed marry him. 